Imagine building an organization that provides not just for you and your family, but for the families of hundreds more. A brand recognized as a leader in your field. Why is it that some leaders are able to inspire a team and have a profound impact on our world, while others attempt to beat their teams into submission through micromanagement and managers who, regardless of title, are not leaders, costing their business to lose great talents and resources through attrition and toxic culture, ultimately running a great brand right into the ground? There is something else at play here, and we want to know why. It's your brand. Protect it. Protect it from both the outside and inside of your organization. Welcome to Brandology Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Mosier, alongside co-host David Morrow. We explore great leaders, great brands, and the reasons why they succeed. We also take a look at stories of toxic cultures and the fall of some iconic brands. We'll play brand trivia and interview some of the leading entrepreneurs in today's business world. Thanks for joining us today. Welcome to the episode, and please don't forget to subscribe and follow. Let's begin. All right, welcome everyone to Brandology Podcast. Uh, this is your host, David Morrow, along with co-host Mark Mosher. Mark, how are you today? Hello, good, sir. Very good. Good. Uh, today's special guest is Rachel Klein. Rachel, welcome. Thanks. We are so we are so happy to to have you. We're really excited about your story and. Uh, how you've developed uh, this brand um, uh, all on your own. We want to find out all about it. Yeah, yeah why don't we um, why don't we kind of start at the top for the listeners? Maybe just tell us tell us about you and, and about what you do. Yeah. So um, this super duper short story headliner is that I am a dancer turned entrepreneur who started this brand out of my kitchen and made it into wedding favors. And then it turned into this nationwide um, shelf-worthy product. Um, but basically, yeah, I never thought that I would um, ever own an almond butter brand, of all things. I was a contemporary dancer, went to IU um, for a dance, and midway through, switched majors, got on a very strong health journey, and in that journey, started rediscovering what health food is and what really is healthy. And one of my staple items that we always ate at home was peanut butter. Sure. And I started realizing, you know, peanut butter actually isn't that great for you. It's a treat. It's delicious. It's delicious. But eat it right out of yeah. yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> to eat it every single day, maybe we need an alternative. So right. I started looking at almond butter and realized that a lot of the almond butters had hidden sugars in them or preservatives and mostly they just didn't taste good. So I started making my own, uh, which is basically the classic now and decided to make it into wedding favors at my wedding because I thought it was really good. And I was like, oh, this would be a fun thing to share with my guests at our wedding. And following from the wedding, so many people said, you should sell this, it was so good. So most people don't actually do something with that, but I happened to be between jobs and we were moving from Louisville to Indianapolis. So my um, new husband was like, you know, why don't you give it a shot? See what happens. So I did. And within the first six months, it really grew pretty quickly on a local level where I got into, you know, 11 local stores, did the farmer's market, 
and started realizing, hey, I might actually have something here. <laughs> so we got into our first retailer, which was Market District, and it opened up the whole world of grocery retail for me. And it's been about a five-year journey since. And now we're launching into Walmart. We just launched a week and a half ago into about a thousand Walmart stores. That's such a great story. I really like that. And for the <laughs> listeners, uh, we'll include a link to your website because I have to tell them if a picture of food can make your mouth water. You are absolutely <laughs> the perfect example of that. I was looking at those and there's so many different flavors I want to try. It's really, really a great story. Um, coming from your your background, your classical training and dancing, and, and now you're on the shelves at Walmart. I just, that's so cool. Can you look and point back maybe at any in particular event or any individual that kind of inspired you along the way? Well, um, you know, my dad was an entrepreneur all growing up. He did real and still does real estate development. So I know that throughout my journey, I've seen his journey in entrepreneurship. And there was always a part of me that felt like, yeah, why not me? You know, I could do my own brand as well. Uh, and but I always, I never thought it would be in food. I never really knew how that was ever going to come about. But there was always a part of me that felt like, why not me? You know, why couldn't I also do, you know, build something like my dad has done or when I would see other products out there in the world, or especially if they were woman owned, there would always be this slight hint of something in the back of my head that's thinking, why not me? If somebody else could do it and it's some other young chick, like I could do it. That's, that's you <laughs> so, know, we, we talked to so many, um, leaders in business and, and so many entrepreneurs um, and that seems to be one common factor that they all have is they they, they ask that same question why not me why can't I do it and mm -hmm. um, we've seen uh, seen success from that every single time so that's that's encouraging that was, that's good inspirational uh, words of wisdom there appreciate you sharing that Hey everyone, Mark and I would like to invite you to listen in on our two bonus episodes, a two-part series on the rise and fall of one of the world's most iconic brands. One man's vision where he recognizes the baby boom even before it was a term that was used. He grew an international business that was worth billions of dollars. In just a few years, it is liquidated in bankruptcy. It's not what you think. It's not due to e-commerce or anything like Amazon or other large retailers. Come listen and find out. We promise you won't be disappointed when we discuss the rise and fall of Toys R Us. What is it? Let me ask you this, Rachel. What is it that made you be brave enough to go all out at the time because what you mentioned was really important i thought and i don't want to gloss over it and that is um you were in between jobs you moved from louisville where mark is to indianapolis where i am and you uh you're you had a group of friends that had some enthusiasm about this hobby basically that you did um what was it that made you be brave enough to kind of go all out and dedicate yourself to make that a, an occupation, be a professional hobbyist, as opposed to just doing it for family and friends and things like that? 
That's a great question. Um, honestly, I would say my husband and my closest friends, but mostly my husband had absolute belief in me for doing something like this. And I think that when it comes to me on a personal level, and this is probably most people, we doubt ourselves all the time. You know, I start doing it and I'm like, I know it's good. And, you know, Joe Schmo at the farmer's market thinks it's good. And this other girl who's like 20 something thinks that it's good, but is that enough? to keep going. And meantime, we were ha in the meantime, we were having kids too. So I was pregnant with our first within the first, you know, year of business and then got pregnant with the second about 19 months later, you know, I mean, everything was rolling, but my husband was always and has always been the one who's like, you can do it. Why not? Why not? You know, like he's been feeding that, belief in me that's true belief not just the person who's saying well hey if it doesn't work out you had fun it was a good hobby right. you, i heard those voices too along the way a lot of those voices saying you know you're a mom you're busy it's okay if you just don't want to do it you just don't have to and that's true but what i also really needed to hear was somebody like my husband saying Rachel, no, you really can do it, actually. Just in case you're wondering, like, it is within your grasp and you absolutely can do it and I believe you can do it and you can do it while being a mom and you can do it while still being a stay-at-home mom, like, and being present for your kids. And that was what I needed to hear, is somebody to say, there is no reason in the world you can't. So that that's that's phenomenal to hear. You've got a lot of things on your plate, but it's possible. That's, that's right. phenomenal to hear. Yeah. Are yeah. you, um, so you have children then, right? Yeah, two kids. Okay. Yeah. And the ages, roughly? So the oldest is three and a half. Oh. And then there's a two-year-old and I have a five-month-old. Wow, fantastic. <laughs> so it's busy. It's busy over here. That's fantastic. So let me ask you, do you have a team that, that you work with? Or is this sole practitioner type thing? What do you, what, what's your, what's your um culture look like in your organization yeah it's very independent uh, for the most part i've built all of this myself i hired on a social media manager um about the same time i had my daughter five months ago and just recently hired on a pr team to help me with that end but everything else, all of the sales, the finance. I mean, my husband helps me with some of the finance because he's a finance major and he also owns his own business. So very entrepreneurial. Um, but really, I'll be honest, basically all of it has been me. <laughs> I used to do all the production myself and then had that uh, locally, had hired somebody to help me with that as well. But then we've since outsourced it to a in California now, um, who's been our co-packing partner. So luckily that part isn't on my plate because there's zero possibility I could have fulfilled 60,000 jars on my own. Um, but yeah, it's basically been the team right now is me. So I'm looking to grow it. I'm trying to figure out how to do that piece of it because delegation is key for growth. And but I also make sure that I do it the right way. You know, I mean, I don't want to just react and suddenly hire whoever is throwing me the resume. I want to make sure we have a strong team. Right. That's excellent. 
Hey everyone, Mark and I are really excited about an upcoming episode with author Dr. Rosie Ward. She's a nationally recognized author. She's an entrepreneur, founder of Salveo Partners, and she's going to discuss with us culture change and leading from any position, regardless of title. She has a new book out called Rehumanizing the Workplace. We're going to explore that. We're going to talk about things about being able to lead even in a remote workforce, um, dealing with micromanagers, as well as uh, how introverts can lead. It's a remarkable episode, and we guarantee that you will absolutely find great value in it. So please don't miss it. Uh, and as always, thanks for listening. Now back to our episode. As you grow, what's your what's your view on leadership? Like, what was remarkable is what you just said about you just don't want to get resumes and you just don't want to hire resources, right? You just don't want bodies there doing tasks. So you take the role seriously. What is your view on leadership? And what I mean by that is we have a belief philosophically that there's a difference between managers and leaders, right? Managers micromanage and, and, and see to it that tasks are done. And the human that is behind that task is almost irrelevant, right? They can be replaced at any minute. Nothing is permanent. And, you know, um, it's a very you know, Jack Welsh, 1980s, 1990s view that you can right-size corporations simply by like doing an Excel spreadsheet and cutting out resources, despite the fact of the human damage toll that that takes. And it's also shown through people like Simon Sinek and Brene Brown and others that culturally that has a detriment effect actually on business and business growth. It stagnates it. Um, so maybe I'm taking this moment to to plant seeds in you so that when you hire, although I think they're already there, obviously you have a you have your own self belief as well as your husband's that is obviously uh, grounded. Yeah. So, um, what's your view of that? Like, what what's your experience with that? And what's your what's your what's your overall experience with that? Well, again, like entrepreneurship is really a family value for us and just a core belief value for us. So when that comes to our personal businesses, we both value entrepreneurship in that sense as well, where anybody that I hire on, I want them to feel, I want them to be an entrepreneur in the sense that they take extreme ownership over their role and that they feel that they have the ability to be creative in their role too. So when I'm hiring somebody on, I want to hire somebody who number one is so over the moon excited about the role that they're playing in the growth of our company, but then also that they do feel that entrepreneurial freedom to thrive in that role. And I've always said, anybody that I've hired, we have a lot of check-ins and I'm always asking like, do you feel fulfilled? Is there any piece of this role that isn't serving you right now that you feel like could be delegated to somebody else? And where do you feel like you're not being utilized as well as you could be? Because oftentimes I see in different roles, I remember personally when I, I worked for Lululemon, the, you know, retailer, I was just doing, you know, I was working the floor, just doing sales, but I always had ideas. I was like, I could do this. I could run this thing. I could, you know, I had all of these ideas of the things I wanted to do to help grow our store. And nobody wanted to hear that. They were like, you know what, do your job. That's awesome. But do it, do your job and just do your job well. And 
that's when I realized I don't think that I'm really cut out for working for somebody else. And I want to make sure that, yeah. <laughs> and then I want to make sure that always in my company that that's a spirit that I keep. And I saw firsthand too in, um, I don't know if you guys know Jenny's ice cream. Well, of course. Of I'm from, I just moved oh. to Columbus. Yeah. Yeah. A couple years back. That's a phenomenal story. Oh, she's, yeah. The whole, the, everything about Jenny's is such an incredible example for me and for my brand. And I've met Jenny. I've gone to her um, headquarters in Columbus. She's been an awesome mentor and friend to me over the years. And seeing her, even just her office and her office culture, I realized when I was there, this is what I want for my team one day, is this really beautiful, cohesive community of team members that feel valued in what they're bringing to the table. You could just feel the positive energy in the space that I was like, man, this is golden. This is well, why- a phenomenal mentor or ideal for you to aim for, right? Because she really does it well. She does it right. She's a female entrepreneur, built this phenomenal brand and a great culture, right? She's the poster child for our podcast. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's really it. That's exactly it really right. is what it's all about. And they overcame big challenges, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll have, I'm going to obviously invite her on, but I mean, uh, I mean, they had a whole almost like, not a, I don't know what it was, but it was like a, con um, uh, like a salmonella type thing yeah, they, with mm -hmm. their with their thing, and they were really brave throughout all of it. They yeah. were like, were stopping production. They stopped it all. They owned it. A few months later, they cleaned it all up, or they figured out that it wasn't as bad as people thought. But they just wanted to contain it, and they right. did the right thing. Like they're Talk just about extreme ownership, you know. Yeah. Just, yeah. Speaking of challenges, what are maybe some of the um, what are some of the challenges that you faced that got you here? Oh, there's been a handful. <laughs> maybe maybe we'll take the the biggest one or the most difficult or the one that you successfully overcame. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, this whole journey of getting into Walmart has definitely brought a lot of challenges for um, for me that has been good. You know, it's helped me to learn along the way of how to grow our business and that challenges are just going to keep coming. Um, I remember the very first challenge I got hit with when uh, starting our brand up is I got into, I don't know if you guys know of Indiana Grown, but it's an Indiana program that basically helps to support small businesses in food and beverage that are Indiana headquartered businesses. So ours is one of those. And with that program, we got into Kroger. We got into about oh, um, wow. nearly 50 wow. Kroger stores with this like specialty end cap situation they had for Indiana Grown. Wow. So it was big. That was so exciting. This was like four years ago, five years ago. And at the time, my name, the company's name was actually Pure and Good Foods. So I went into it with Pure and Good Foods and then found out after trying to trademark my brand that, oh, actually, I can't use that name because Pure Good was already taken. So within two weeks, I had to make the fastest pivot of my life and wow. completely rename and rebrand re the company. Wow. Uh, so that was a big learning for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would tell anybody starting off because again, my expectations were pretty low starting out when I first started my company. I didn't really think 
nationwide. I wasn't thinking big picture. So I just thought, why not? Pure and Good Foods, that's a cute name, I'll do that. Right. But the reality is you don't know what brand is gonna work and what's not. So trademark it from the very beginning. <laughs> that's excellent, that's excellent words of advice. Yeah. What, um, what are, you mentioned one of the initiatives there that, that helped get uh, things going for you. Are there any key initiatives that you're involved in or that you're excited about now? Uh, like as far as similar to Indiana Grown, you mean? Or, or just anything on even on a personal level? Well, you know, with our company, since it's been so over the last five years, it's been a very like organic, slow growth. But I've been obviously so family centric with all of my kids. So we really haven't had the chance to get super involved with a lot of local. We've yeah. done some stuff for Patachi Foundation locally. Um, you know, we're kind of doing a lot of donations and anytime we we can but honestly haven't had much to give because the company was pretty new it was very small and right. again wasn't really sure what it was going to turn into yeah. <laughs> so anyways yeah it's just now i'm really excited that's one of the things that when i think about growing our company that gets me really excited is, is the missional side of the brand because for me it's always been important to give back and I've always wanted to especially give back to something that can, you know, really support other young female entrepreneurs. And I'm looking to find that thing. I don't even know what it is, but as we grow, I'm like, how can I give back to other female, young female entrepreneurs in a very tangible way that can help encourage them on a similar path and help them to believe in themselves to be able to get over the humps that I did. Um, because it's just, I didn't have any of those resources and right. if there's anything I can give to anybody else. That's what I'm here for. Yeah, there's a couple, there's a couple um, female entrepreneurs that we've had on that can connect you up with those. You know, yeah, that's um, Amy Torres, um, Alisa Kilgis, the CEO of uh, Singota Solutions. Um, oh, yeah, I listened to that. Yeah. Yeah. And even uh, uh, Deanna Horwath, uh, who uh, heads up uh, public relations um and uh, is a professor over at uh, franklin college um they all have a bunch of different resources for people like you and for young awesome. people that are trying to do what you do yeah, yeah that's impressive you know i think mark and i always have these side discussions afterward and, and we see people like you come on and we're like man we have done so little with our lives yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, I feel like a fan on the sidelines going hey, <laughs> another cool lamborghini that just went <laughs> And I'm like, You're not done yeah, you can still do it. Right, there's still time. Starting up my Pinto that's going to explode in 30 seconds. So, oh, yeah. There is. Okay, so now we are going to do our segment on brand culture trivia. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome everyone to Brand Culture Trivia, where the points don't matter, but the brand does. In this segment, we play a trivia game against our guests. I'm your host, Mark Mosier, along with my co-host, David Morrow. David, tell us about the rules and the awesome prizes. Absolutely, the rules are as follows. You get to guess as fast as you can. You get as many answers as you want, and the first one to give the right answer wins a point. The first contestant to three points wins the game. What do you get if you win? Glad you asked. You get 14,684 Brandology bucks. That what is, is that worth? Those are absolutely worthless. 
but we might send you a sticker for playing. So let's get started with brand culture trivia. David, why don't you spin the wheel of trivia and see what our first question is? All right, here I go. It is a heavy, heavy wheel. And you guys are familiar with the rules, correct? Yeah. That's correct. Okay, Rachel on the, Rachel is wearing the white hat. Mark's wearing the black hat. And answer as fast as you can. And here's question one. What toy featuring a heat-producing light bulb was introduced in 1963? The fluorescent. What toy featuring a heat-producing light bulb was introduced back in 1963? What toy? Oh, oh. Easy Bake Oven. Yes. Oh, that was a good one. (laughs) Mark wins. He has one. It's one to nothing. Are you recording? I am recording. Oh, my God. Am I recording? Okay, hang on. Let's hope that we are. I see recording. Yeah, it's flashing. Okay, that's great. So this will sound very professional. <laughs> that's right. Okay, great. So, okay, going back. Next question, question number two. What fitness program was created by martial arts instructor Billy Banks? Uh, P90X. Fit. Close, no? but no. You can oh. guess again. You no, it's not guess. P90X. Uh, Planet Fitness. Nope. That's a fitness 19. No. Goes gym. No. <laughs> Rachel, give us a better one. Come on. Uh, program, fitness program was created by martial arts instructor Billy Banks. He's always on. Ooh, Brazilian fit. buns, my favorite. No. <laughs> no. I can't remember. I know I did it too. I did this program. I can't even remember the name of it. CrossFit. Tybo. Tybo. Uh, yes. Right. That, that, I keep that point. So I'm keeping that point. <laughs> yeah, you can have it. <laughs> All right, here's another one. Hmm. Ooh. What 8-bit computer program, 8-bit, what 8-bit computer program released back in 1982 is the best-selling computer of all time? IBM. Is that the At, IBM? <laughs> think of your dad's computer, your grandpa's computer. Dell? No. Apple. Apple. No. HP. The Commodore 64. Oh. Okay. It's okay. a best selling computer of all I'm gonna, time. I'm going to keep that point. I'm going to throw that point away. I'm throwing I think that you're point gonna away. Win. Yes. Okay. <laughs> we're going we're, to keep going. This is question number two still because Rachel has one point. Mark has zero. What, oh, no. I'm sorry. Mark has one point. Rachel has zero. Yeah. Mark. Mark's beating yeah. up. Mark's beating our, our celebrated guest. How rude. How rude. What year was the first iPhone released? 72. What did you say, Rachel? 2008. Close. Guess again. You're very close. 2007. Yes. Great job. My That's junior it. year of high school. That's what there it was. You go. Yeah, mine too. We're twins. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're twins. I just just dye my hair gray. So so we have a tie of 1-1. All right. Um, What advertising slogan back in the 80s began with the phrase, where's the beef? What was the slogan or the brand? What brand? Arby's? No. No. Keep guessing. Where's the beef? Where's the beef? 
Subway. You are notoriously bad at this. <laughs> Steak and shake. No. Great guess fast food places. You'll do better than Mark. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to say Burger King, McDonald's. <laughs> Keep going. Uh, Wendy's. There you go. The answer, Wendy's. Oh, they had this little old lady on, and she would talk about where's the beef. It was this little burger on this huge piece of bread. I think, I think it was. I remember Arby's. that from junior year. So, like, well, you know, Arby's is we've got the meat. That's oh, right. that's right. right. Yeah, that's why I thought Arby's. Right. Okay. So, um, all right. So it is two to one. Rachel's only one point away from winning. Mark, this is going to be this is going to be an interesting one. What toy? This is question number four. What toy did U.S. troops use as radio antennas during the Vietnam War to help extend the range of their radios? What Teddy toy bear. Did, Walkie-talkies? No. What toy did U.S. troops use as a radio antenna during the Vietnam Football. War to help extend the range of their radios? Soccer ball. It can also walk down the they can also walk downstairs, alone or in pairs. Yes. <laughs> and she gets it. Yes. Oh, work. That's good. See, now we're learning about brands. See, I learned new things in that. Yeah. See, that's what that's what we had. we had a we had uh, yesterday we had a professor on, and uh, we found some questions there, and and we all learned from. It. So it's kind of neat. Time. <laughs> that's fantastic. Okay. So congratulations, you are the proud winner of 14,000, I forgot what I said, 684 Brandology bucks, which are absolutely redeemable for nothing, but we will send you something. And we appreciate Wow, I won the big bucks today. Right. Well, right. you won. I mean, that's the, we can't all be in Walmart. So, right. I mean, <laughs> so tell us about, let's, let's talk about that real quick. Yeah. Tell us about how you got in Walmart. What, how does somebody that it has a business or a product, like how did that happen? Like yeah. how did, did you call up Walmart corporate down in Arkansas and go, hey, I'm Rachel. I used to be a dancer, <laughs> but now I'm a single, I'm like now I'm a stay-at-home mom and I want you to take my meeting. Like how did that happen? So, well, I actually signed up. This is about um, a year and a half ago, September of, 2019, I signed up for a trade show that was in September, that September. And I had signed up for this trade show about six months prior. Um, it's one of the biggest trade shows, food trade shows in the U.S. It's called the Natural Natural Products Expo East, and it um, takes place in Baltimore. I signed up for this trade show because I was having a really excited day of feeling like, I can do this thing. I'm going to go. I'm going to get big. Well, a few months later after signing up, I find out that I'm pregnant with my third, which oh my. Wow. wasn't fully planned. And we're like, okay, let's go. Let's do this thing. We're having a baby. And then it hit me. What am I doing with my life? And how am I going to manage this business that's already taking a lot of me and three kids, which are already taking a lot of me and taking care of our house and all of that. And my husband had just um, gone into a partnership with a company with his brand too. So he had a lot going on with his company. So we were very stretched, very thin. And I had this come to Jesus moment of, all right, either I'm going to take my brand and super simplify it and make it 
just online. We've got Instagram, we've got our website. I'm gonna pull it out of the stores, pull it out of distribution and just manage it myself on a very simple scale. Or I'm gonna blow this thing up and go really big and make it national and build a team. So I already have this slot at the expo, at the um, trade show. So I decided, what the heck, let's go for it. I'm gonna go all in and present our product there, have the booth. We changed our branding a little bit, made the booth really clean and kind of did some branding work before going so that I had more of a clear vision of who we are and what we're selling. And went in there with just a very bright, positive mindset thinking, all right, we're gonna see if people are ready for this or not. And if, if not, I'm okay, I'll bring it all in house. But this was kind of my Hail Mary pass to see what was going to take place and if anybody was interested on it, on it from a national level. So we go to this trade show. I'm 20 weeks pregnant at this point and I have our booth, I'm manning the booth and all sorts of people come through. It's two days long. One of the people that happened to come through was the nut butter and spreads buyer for all of Walmart. Wow. And She's amazing, this like really awesome woman who just took time to sit and learn about the brand. And she tried our balance blend, which is rosemary maca almond butter. Very unique. There's nothing else out there like it. And she tried it and she just couldn't believe it. She kept on saying, wow, I've really never had anything like this. All of your flavors are so different. And the fact that there's no sugar, I just, I'm kind of surprised. I've never had this before. And she's seen a lot of brands. She's tasted a lot of products and she just was really into it. So I said, cool. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that this could be a great brand for Walmart shelves. <laughs> and in, inwardly, I'm thinking, God, I hope so. I don't know. I mean, I didn't honestly know much about what Walmart was going for at this point because my traditional view on Walmart was it's this behemoth. They kind of just have, you know, brands that maybe you would find anywhere and it just happens to be cheaper prices you know everyone has these ideas about walmart but talking to her suddenly my whole mindset around walmart started shifting where i'm like well maybe they are interested in brands like me and that's what she said she said you know we are looking to expand within walmart we want to really meet our customers where they're at and people are interested in products like yours now and you know looking to explore something new that they've never had before so the conversation was there she left i followed up with her and 10 million other people that i met at the show and within about uh four months she invited me down to arkansas for a meeting and in that meeting wow. she said yes like a marriage proposal <laughs> she said yes. and, um you know long story short she it was originally just going to be in about 400 stores and then she calls me up a few months later saying hey we have this opportunity for you to actually be in an end cap as well if you want to be in an wow. end we all know end caps are gold too yeah. so of course i just said yes sure that sounds awesome <laughs> let's do it and then a few months later she calls me again and said hey i know that we said you know, around three to 400 stores, but are you okay with a thousand? <laughs> that is such a great story. Wow. Yeah, so then it turned into a thousand. And I think that that actually happened February of this year, I want to say, and that's when I had our baby too. So I find out we're going to make a thousand, put our product in a thousand stores, plus 73 stores of an end cap, had a baby, 
and then figured out how I was going to make it all happen. <laughs> Gosh, that is such a cool story. So yeah. after, after all that and achieving what you have, what what's the future look like? What what do you have in store for the future? Well, now it's pretty much like, let's go. Uh, <laughs> we have the infrastructure now where we have a co-packer in California. We have a distribution partner up in Chicago. And now I'm ready to like do this darn thing and go real, really national. So, I mean, we're national, we're in a thousand Walmarts. And then now, you know, we're going to start going after Meyer, Target, Whole Foods, um, yeah. you know, get all of those. But also, again, this goes back to my personal values as a company and, you know, personally is never, ever let go of the small people and the small companies and small businesses that make America work. So. Right. I still, even though we're in Walmart, and of course I still want to, you know, I do want to be in Target. I do want to be in Whole Foods. I do want to be in Meyer, all of those. But I also still want to be in Good Earth Natural Foods here in Indianapolis. And I want to be in like the natural store out in California. You know, I want those people to know that we're still their brand too. But because our product product is so unique and it doesn't have the sugar and it's actually so good for you, I do want everybody to be able to have access to it. So that's part of where our nationwide presence is actually neat because it's a way to serve the masses too. Well, and plus you can afford, and you can afford to be in those smaller shops because of the natural scale that you've built. Exactly, that's right. That's some really good insight and some really good inspirational words. I'm actually, there was, I was trying to write a lot of it down. I'm gonna have to go back and listen to to absorb some of the, uh, the good insight and words of wisdom you shared with us. And I really appreciate that. As we kind of wrap up, um, one of the last questions we always ask uh, our guests that the uh, the listeners really enjoy is, when you were growing up, when you were a little girl, what did, what did you want to be? Oh, I love that question. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, goes back to the very beginning of our interview when I really, all I wanted to be was a dancer and a mom. So I definitely have surprised myself. I got the mom side. I do still dance, but mostly in my house with my kids. Right. <laughs> As we all do. As we all do. Yeah, right? Yep. <laughs> but definitely this journey has thrown me for a loop and surprised the heck out of me. It's very cool. That's so, that's amazing. So tell us, what is the name of your brand? Oh, yes. Uh, the brand is... Uh, we haven't even mentioned yeah <laughs> the brand is revival food co so uh it's at revival food co on instagram uh twitter which i don't really do twitter but it's there it exists um but we're definitely very active on our instagram and our website has a lot of really fun recipes and um all of our uh, shop on there we're also on amazon so that's um an easy way to quickly buy it we all love amazon prime so yeah so there was no, let me ask you this, just before we get off, there was no conflict. Like when Walmart said, hey, we're gonna put you in all of our stores and a bunch of a thousand stores, but get off of Amazon. Like they, they, they did, their lawyers have not thought of that one. Like they have not been like, can I throw that clause in there? Like, right. <laughs> no, it's part of healthy competition. You know, they oh, sell okay. it on walmart.com. They sell it cheaper than we do on Amazon. Oh, so okay. They're doing well. Yeah, so they, and you can buy it, which is great. Everyone should also buy it on walmart.com. I bought it off of walmart.com. Um, it's only nine ninety. what is it, nine ninety six in stores and online from Walmart. Oh, and that's a good on question. Amazon, sorry? 
That's a good oh. one. Yeah, it's a great price. And then on Amazon, it's uh, we're able to sell it for fourteen ninety seven, which okay, still you know, not a bad price. That's still not a bad. Right. It's very comparable to a lot of the other brands on there. Exactly. Um, so you know, when you want it quick, and we love our Amazon, you're going to pay that. But you could also Walmart.com is really uh, coming out the gate to come at Amazon. So yeah. they're happy to have the lower price, and that's where that healthy competition comes in. And then you win in the end. Yeah, I win both ways. So right? it's great. Yeah, it That's the important part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you this: What's your as we're as we're wrapping up here? What's your view of technology? Like as you grow and your infrastructure grows, and you're, you know, and you have people all over working all over. Like, what's your view of technology? How are you going to integrate technology into what you do? Oh, technology is everything. Honestly, it makes it so possible to actually grow a company like this. Whereas it used to be that you'd have to have an office and a team and everyone's in there working together, paper and pencil. You know, now I can grow an entire team. The fact that I could even launch into a thousand Walmart stores basically on my own is testament to the to the technology that we have today that I've been able to, you know, Zoom call back and forth with any of my vendors. You know, I'm able to really grow in a sense a virtual team of just contractors you know third party um people that are doing jobs for me but they don't work for me you know like they're not part of revival's team right. but they are doing work for me and that's part of the world that we live in that really anybody can work remotely i don't do this but i could hire somebody from Vietnam to be doing some right. you know right. virtual yeah. assistant work for me i could have you know my Cons uh, consolidator up in Chicago because we're able to communicate back and forth. I don't even have to see my product when it comes from California to Chicago to Walmart. I haven't even touched it. I know what it is because I went out to California myself and tasted it and made right. sure it was all perfect. But the fact that that's all possible is mind blowing. Yeah. And this right now we're living in an entrepreneurial dream world because literally anything is possible. You just have to, you know, connect to that right app or the right technology. I actually started a podcast uh, like a few days ago, just using an app. And I was like, cool. Congratulations. Why not? <laughs> well, what's the name of it? Share us with the name it. Yeah, it's called Because I'm Curious. That's fantastic. Yeah, basically, right. you know, probably somewhere to you guys. I just want to interview people that I think are interesting, not necessarily just on yeah. but That's exactly what we do. That's the world of technology that we live in that really anything is possible. And I think it's incredible. It makes it so fun. It's like a playground of, you know, possibilities that just plug it in and there you go. <laughs> That's amazing. That's great. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure for us. Yeah. Well, thank you. I had a really great time talking to you all and cool to just share in life and business together. So very cool. Thank you. We really appreciate it. And I know the listeners have found a lot of value in this as well. All right. Well, thank you so much, Rachel Klein with uh, uh, Revival Food Co. Yep, that's it. Revivalfoodco.com. Thank you so much, Rachel. Thank you so much, guys. Thank Hey, David, that was another great episode. We tend to post one or two a week. Uh, unfortunately, don't really have a way of wrapping this up. No, uh, no, we really don't have anything formal or fancy or technological. Um, thank you for listening. Please follow and subscribe. Turn notifications on so that when we post the next episode, you will be notified of the new content. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We really appreciate it. Everyone, thanks for listening. 